BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details you know your house smells don't get mad don't get mad my house smells too i'm not i'm not indicting you i'm sure you keep a clean home but just time means you're going to acquire smells whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint your carpet maybe they're animal smells maybe you're a smoker or someone else was just living creates smells i didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and let me tell you something. We have done way too many controversial things up to this point on the show. This week, since the show got in, into national syndication, it's controversial. Everyone says that, so we're dropping that today. Today, we're going to go with the totally benign history subject that nobody really has a strong opinion on. And we'll make sure we get out of this scot-free with no controversy at all. So let's talk about Israel and Palestine. We will get to that in just a moment. We're also going to have, well, a guy who's out there putting in work on our side of the education issue in this country. And we're also having a professor on, (laughs) only one of the good ones. It's going to be a great day. We have Biden going after guns. Police are fencing off a church for having church. It is, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's not going well. But let us begin with Israel, Palestine, Great Britain, France, Arabs, Ottomans, All the things that produce all kinds of hatred and blood boiling to this day around the world. And let's just be real clear about how I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this unapologetically. I realize you can't find anybody who is willing to talk about the Israel-Palestine formation of all that, what happened in an unbiased manner, and I'm not unbiased either. Uh, It's not exactly a secret. I like Jews. I like Israel. I I like how they handle their business. I'm going to be biased towards Jews while at the same time trying to give you the most down-the-line version of how this all came to be that I possibly can. And guess what? That doesn't all look great for the Jews. It, it, just, it just doesn't. They're, you want to you wanna make that omelet we have now? Some eggs were broken. They were. Chris is over there nodding his head. Jewish producer Chris is. I mean, they were. They were. And we're going to talk about it. We're gonna, I, I had originally wanted to do an Arab-Israeli war show because there were some lessons I think we can learn from that. I'm talking about the first one, not, like, not, not the ninth or however many they've had over there. I was going to talk about the first one, and we may well do that. I, I may do that tomorrow. But as I was digging into the Arab-Israeli war, like so much of what we talk about on the show— One thing bleeds into another thing, and this leads to this, and this led to that. And oftentimes, you'll hear me do it when I tell a history story. If it's a battle or a siege or something like that, oftentimes the setup to it takes way longer than the actual battle does because the setup is way more important than the actual battle itself. How did we even get here? So let's get in trouble. Let's talk about. Israel, Palestine, and the works. But first, we are going to go back to World War I because that, see, this is already the first controversial thing I'm going to say. I was about to say, that's where this all began. But no, it didn't. <laughs> no, it didn't. Most people who've listened, who are listening to my voice right now have, have heard biblical stories. 
or, or at least Old Testament stories. Either you're a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, you know some Old Testament stories. Let's talk about the Philistines, Israel, the Jews. Let my people go. Moses, they break free of the Egyptians, wander through the wilderness for 40 years, make God mad a few times. Finally, they attack and defeat the Philistines and take over what you know at what you basically know as Israel. All right, that's ancient. That's ancient ancient history. But getting a little closer, we want to think about the time of Christ. This is a little after the time of Christ, but Rome, and believe me, there was a bunch of Babylon and Assyrian stuff with Israel all throughout this time, wars and takeovers and Jews spread to the winds and Jews coming back to Israel and so on and so forth. There's a lot that happened in between then. I'm just trying to background this as far back as it's documented. Then we get to Rome, and you and I have had this conversation before. Rome at one point stomps into Jerusalem and says, I like this. I think I'll keep it. The Jews fought back. Rome occupied it. Rome essentially colonized. Not essentially. Rome colonized it, occupied it. Jews fought back. Jews eventually became such a thorn in the Roman side. They were just not a people who could be managed that Rome scattered them to the winds. They did. It's called the Jewish diaspora. They just scattered them to the winds. The Jews didn't go away. They didn't leave somewhere and stop becoming Jews, but they went to all the four corners of the earth, spread out. And as part of a gigantic middle finger to the Jewish people, the Romans essentially named the place Palestine for, for Philistines. That They named it basically after the Philistines to give the Israelis, to give the Jews a gigantic double middle finger. Which, if you want to separate the emotion from it, that's kind of awesome. That's kind of an awesome level of spite. You know what? Get out! And we're naming this after your ancient enemy who you hate. That's how, that's how little regard we have for you. There was some real tension there. All right, so Jews spread to the four corners of the world. Now let's go to World War I and a little pre-World War I. Jews are unpopular, not everywhere, but in many places in the globe. And this was really, really, really getting bad in places like Eastern Europe and Russia uh, right before World War I. Think 1900 era. And that tension had always existed. Like we've talked about a thousand times before, a lot of this is a religious difference. A lot of it is Jews, like many ethnic groups or religions or whatever you want to call it, Jews will hang around other Jews, live around other Jews. It creates distrust. This happens in any community. You see it now in your town if you live in a big city at all. It's happened throughout our history. The Italians all live with the Italians. The Irish live with the Irish. You see it now. There's a black part of town. There's a, a, there's a Mexican part of town. There's a, there's a Chinatown. There's, that's, that's, that's the history of the world. And people don't always look at the other part of town in a, in a nice way. Remember, prejudice is the history of the world, and it, it, it's in every single one of us. It's human nature. Uh, I'm not going over to that. Dirty Chinatown. I'm staying over here in the black part of town. You can't trust those Chinese people. Oh, I'm not going down to the barrio with the Mexicans. You you can't trust the Mexicans. This this is obviously people get in trouble for talking like that now. That's how people talk. That's how people have always talked. And it's a window into how people think. 
What are those Jews doing in that Jewish part of town? Who knows? Probably plotting on something. So that's part of it. Part of it was also, remember, for the longest time, uh, Christians, Catholics, were not allowed to loan money for interest. That was looked down upon. That was looked down upon. So uh, how do you think a bank makes money? Pay attention, kids. I, I know I know we get, we get confused on this sometimes, but banks are not a charity organization. Banks are there to make money. They make money by loaning you $10 and you having to pay them back $12. That's called interest. Well, Christians weren't doing it. Jews had no problem doing it. And so Jews stepped up and took over many of the banks for that reason. But historically, it's happened here. People look down on banks. Banks are not popular, especially when banks are doing things like charging you interest. Kicking you out of your home if you don't pay a loan back. Maybe in some parts of Europe, getting you thrown in a debtor's prison. You see where we're going? Oh, it's about to get spicy today. Very non-controversial. Plus, the Biden gun grab. We knew it was coming. I'm looking at it a little differently than other people. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Jake's Mint Chew is the way to quit dipping. And I've been there. Look, I have been there. You're staring at that can of dip and you're saying to yourself, uh, I got to quit and it's it's going to suck. I've, I've tried to quit before. I couldn't quit. I, I'd probably fail again this time. Why even bother? Hear me out. Hear me out. Before you cash it in, just know I've been there. I know what that feeling is like, and there is a better way. Jake's Mint Chew is the way. It's actually chew you put in your lip, giving you that feeling. But no nicotine, no tobacco. It's giving you the transition. It's right here for you. Go get it. Go get it. Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout. For 20% off. Jesse Kelly returns next. Joe Biden going after guns already. They're trying to put paid leave and child care in the infrastructure bill and more. All that today on the Jesse Kelly Show, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We have Corey DeAngelis coming up next hour. Remember, Corey is the national director of school choice now. He is actually accomplishing some major major things for us right now. He is on our side, so we're bringing him on the show. We're giving him a platform. Back to the formation of the modern state of Israel. Oh, the emails are going to be spicy tomorrow, Chris. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, think 1900 time, Frank. Jews are 
not popular, to put it mildly, in Europe, especially Eastern Europe, were having these things called pogroms or pogroms. I've heard it a thousand different ways. It's P-O-G-R-O-M-S. And what it essentially was was this. Oftentimes a local politician or leader in the community would get mad about something. Sometimes it would be when they were in trouble about something. Sometimes it would be when a a tragedy of some kind would happen. And what they would do is they would gin up outrage against the Jews because the Jews always lived in that community. You know, uh, 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 a horse kicks a young boy in the head and kills him. Ah, it was it was that Jews horse. I knew that Jews have been killing the kids for a long time. Go get and it, it, I'm not making that stuff up. Stuff like it was stuff like that. Something terrible happens. Tell me if people. Tell me if human nature's changed. If this sounds familiar at all. Something terrible happens, and instead of everybody just coming together, acknowledging something terrible happening and happened and moving on, everyone decides. Someone has to pay for this. Get me, get me, get me the person responsible. Anyway, there would gin up outrage against the Jews and you would have a day long, two day long, week long sacking of the Jewish part of town. I don't have a better way to put it. Murder, rape was very common. Horrible assaults, trashing Jewish property, and this is becoming a big, big problem. Jews are officially under assault in several parts of Europe and Russia. It was really, really, really bad. Really bad. And realize this. I mean, you may feel like this today. I don't need to know your prejudices. Maybe you don't like Jews. It's, it's fine. Whatever. You're free to hate who you want. It's, it's Like I said, it's human nature. Everyone hates somebody. But understand this. Even people who weren't kicking in the doors of a Jewish shop to beat up the shop owners and, and kill the, the, the dad, even people who weren't necessarily participating, there was a large percentage of the European population that did not like Jews. They, there just was. And it's not all of them. I'm not, I'm not doing that thing. Oh, they were all hated Jews. That's not true at all. A lot of people loved them. But there was a lot of hatred for them. A lot of it. So, no, I'm not going to go to that part of town and participate in your program. But, I mean, I can make you a sandwich for the journey, that kind of thinking. So there gets to be this thing called Zionism. Zionism, the belief that there should be a, a Jewish state again, a place where Jews can call home. Obviously, they're going to be eyeballing what you know as modern-day Israel for obvious reasons. Anyone who's cracked the Bible knows that is considered to be the Holy Land. Now, obviously, the problem is the Muslims also consider it a Holy Land. Now, Christians do too, but we get along with Jews, so that, that, that's not as much of a problem. The Muslims do not. That is historically a problem, and we're going to get to a lot of that today. Oh, man, I can just see people steam, steam rising out of people's heads right now, Chris. So Zionism is on the rise. And Jews start doing Zionism very, very, very smartly, very sharply. Remember, work smarter, not harder. What I mean by that is this. If you want to colonize a place or you want to move back to a place, or let's just use the example we're using. The Jews spread out all over, Jewish diaspora. We, we, want, to, we want to take Israel back. They could have, absolutely could have, 
taken the small Jewish population at the time that was living in what was then known as Palestine. There were about 700,000 Palestinians there and a small percentage of Jews there. But they absolutely could have just started committing horrible acts of terror right away, moving into that part of town, shooting people in the head, trying to conquer it that way. Ah, it's ours now. And what would have happened? The international community would have cracked down immediately, ran them out of there, and you would not have a state of Israel today. The Jews did not do that. And this part drives people crazy, and you can call it you can call it uh, scheming or whatever. If you get somebody who hates Jews, that's, that the, that's what they'll use, and maybe that's a word you use. But the Jews started to get to know heads of state all over the place. You know, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Instead of moving in and shooting someone in the face, why don't, why don't we take the British prime minister out for a steak and have a talk? And this starts happening all over. France, Britain, this starts happening uh, of Jews are gaining power like this, I- expanding on their political connections. And they start whispering in the right ears of, you know, it would be nice to have a Jewish state. I really think we should have a state. Don't you think you should have it? So get Bob some dessert, please. Anyway, Bob, don't you think we should have a Jewish state? That kind of thing. Politic and lobbying. Lobby- Look, lobbying is a great way to put it. They're lobbying. Now, that brings us to World War I. I swear on my life this is going to end up being a two-part show. If if it ends up being a two-part show, I want you to understand something. While obviously I do a bunch of reading, I watch as many things as I can, I listen to as many things as I can on any subject I do for history, for, for, for the show, I also don't air fingers, quote, plan out my show. Let me get, let me take a step away here for a moment. I have been doing this, what, three years now, Chris? So I'm still brand new at it. They finally, they finally, this was, what, six months ago maybe? They hired this professional radio coach to teach me how to do radio. What does that mean? Oh, not adjust the content. They're, they're all thrilled with that. The show's exploding. Everything's going, but... I didn't even I didn't even ever do things like give out the phone number before so people would call. I didn't know nobody taught there was not a school I went to. I didn't grow up doing this. I just sat down and they turned on the microphone and I started talking. So apparently there are actual things you have to do. Well, anyway, I had this call with this this radio coach and he tells me, "Well, you should do this or that. Just uh put that on your show sheet." To which I told him, "What's a show sheet?" And on the other end of the line, like this is a guy who'd worked with all these radio stars and things like that. On the other end of the line, this is all I hear. Dead silence. Dead silence. He was, it, you, could, you could hear his jaw falling open. Like, you don't even know what a show sheet is. I said, not only do I not know what one is, I've never seen one before. And so if the show seems like it just kind of flows in random directions, it's because it does. I still don't have a show sheet. I won't use a show sheet. This is how I do my show. And when I tell the history stories, when I tell the history part of it, I don't know how long it's going to go. I never know how long, ever, I ever, I never do. Because I get into something and then I'll think of this detail, which adds to the story or that detail. I've had several stories where I sit down and I think, oh, I'm going to wrap this up really fast today. And an hour later, I'm still not close to done. 
And I've had several of them. I think this is going to take a while. And then I think I'm describing the story well enough and it wraps up. This is going to take a while because it's just such a complicated issue. So just buckle up for that. Remember, if you miss any part of the show or need to go back and review or you want to cobble them all together, Chris podcasts them on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. It'll be easy to access. Now, World War One, Jews, Palestine, and Donald Trump gearing up for president? Hang on. Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency. Pack basic supplies in a go bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. It is the world famous Jesse Kelly Show, eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three Jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. Remember, all your emails get read. I read them all. They all go right to Jewish producer Chris. He prints them off. I read them all. I'm not going to respond, but I read all of them. I get way too many. Tomorrow, tomorrow is an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Send in your questions. Remember, for you new listeners, I know we have a bunch. On Fridays, we know there's enough heavy stuff we talked about throughout the week We screw off and have fun on this show on Fridays. I answer your emails all day long. I'm not even sure I'm going to have a guest tomorrow. That's how many emails we're getting now. And your emails do not have to be political. You can ask me history stuff, food stuff, men's stuff, women's stuff, uh, travel stuff, stupid scenarios you put me in all the time, (laughs) animal fights, whatever the case may be, ask it. If I don't know the answer, I promise to lie and make one up live on the air. Now, World War I breaks out. I'm not going to do a World War I show, but we can't possibly talk about the formation of Israel without World War I because all of it really came from that. The situation on the ground was this, and everybody really knows this part. Forget about America. They're, they're not a big part of this. I mean, they ended up being a part of it, but forget about them for now. Britain, France, Russia. Those are the ones going up against Germany, 
Austria-Hungary, but they don't matter for our story today, so forget about them. They're the ones going up against Germany and the Ottoman Empire. It's kind of wild to think about the Ottoman Empire still existed that recently. Now, how long? How many times have we talked about the Ottomans? But we need to focus on the Ottomans here for a moment to remember what the Ottomans were. By the time World War I broke out, the Ottoman Empire was known as the sick man of Europe. They were just, they were, they were a fading, aging empire. They weren't even close to what they had been anymore. And that happens. Look, they had a great run. I don't dog on them for that. The trees don't grow to the sky. Every empire ends at some point in time. The Ottomans had a great run, but they just didn't have it anymore. Economically, it lost a few wars, some bad leadership, moral decay in the society. You know the story, how they all go, how we're going now. That's just, that's how it goes after a while. Well, that created a bit of a problem for a lot of different reasons. One of those reasons was... The Ottoman Empire, as long as it was the Ottoman Empire, yes, it fought a bunch of wars with this European power or that European power, and it was Christians versus Muslims and all these things, but the Ottoman Empire really, really ruled the Muslim world for a long time. They were the beacon for the Muslim world, all of it. They kind of, I'm going to say unified it, but that's not true because there were so many different sects and these people wanted to break off and these people wanted to break off, but they did rule it. They were in charge of it. They were the sun in the Ottoman, in the Muslim universe for a long time. But they're fading away. They're starting to fade away and... The Arabs, Arabs and Ottomans are two different things. And I'm not going into all the history of all this, but... The Arabs, you remember Genghis Khan when he went in and wiped out the, the, basically wiped out the Middle East, wiped out all the Muslims in the Middle East. I mean, putting to death entire cities. The the Charismian Empire was this huge, powerful empire, and Genghis Khan essentially wiped it out because Genghis Khan wiped everybody out. The Arabs had a very proud history. That was their history. And until Genghis Khan stepped in and killed every man, woman, and child and burned all the cities and and raised them all to the ground, the Arab world was the pinnacle, the pinnacle of science and technology and advancement and way of life. And the Arabs, that's their history. They're dang proud of that. And they look at the Ottoman Empire and think, I don't like being under your thumb. I feel like we should be able to rise and become that again. We were, we were the best of the best, and now look at us. We're not anymore, and I think we deserve that. Islam should rise, and it should rise under the protection of an Arab nation, not an Ottoman nation. We should, we should lead the world again. So the Ottomans have some people under them who are not happy to be under them. And this is going to play a big, big part in our story and a big part of why things are still so tense in that area, to put it mildly. All right, you ready for all that? Now, World War I's going on, and you can't properly put into words the level of desperation countries were feeling. Germany was feeling it, too. But Britain and France several times were on the brink of just giving up. Russia, too. Russia, as you know, Russia eventually did, and that'll come into play. But Britain 
is desperate. They're desperate to end this war, to win this war, because there's food rationing going on all over Europe. It was that bad. It was that bad. And part of being desperate is, well, you start looking for answers in places when you're desperate. Sometimes not the best places in the world, but you look for answers when you're desperate. Your buddy who hasn't had a girlfriend in a while, he ever do anything that looked a little bit desperate? We're being honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to hit your way out of a slump. We all know what I'm talking about. They're desperate. So they start trying to figure out a way to take down Germany. They're looking at the Ottoman Empire as the soft underbelly, that's what they called it, of this whole German thing. The Ottomans are crumbling. They're older. Forget about beating our heads against the wall with Germany. We'll still do that. We'll do the whole trench warfare thing. Let's go down to the Ottoman Empire and let's attack them. But on top of attacking them, why don't we... Why don't we use this little rift between the Arabs and the Ottomans? Why don't we use that to our advantage? You see, diplomacy is oftentimes used to win wars. Britain went stomping into the Arab office, and I'm obviously simplifying this a lot, but told the Arabs, you know how you think you should run the Muslim world and these Ottomans are in charge of you in the the Muslim world right now? I'll tell you what, I love you guys. I also think you should be in charge of the Ottoman uh, of the Muslim world. You should you should sh- you should fight these Ottomans. You should go shoot some of them, and you should beat them, and then and then you'll have your own Arab world. And we're what we're gonna do. We're Great Britain. What we're gonna do is after you beat the Ottomans, once the war is over, we are going to do some things for you. And now we're going to come to a part in the story where there's going to be heavy, heavy debate. This is one of those parts where the email inbox will fill up. What exactly did the Germans promise the Arabs? Well, here's the thing. We have documents the Germans gave the Arabs, and they can really read any way you want them to read. If you the, the, Brit, the Brits in one document talk out of both sides of their mouths. It kind of looks like Britain is just saying, if we win and you help us win, we'll help you build your new Arabs thing you have going on with infrastructure. We'll be trade partners and it'll all work out. It also kind of looks like Britain is saying, I mean, we'll let you have some of it, but we're really going to be running it. I mean, we'll let you stay there kind of rent free, but it's going to be ours. I'll put it to you this way. Britain walked away from that meeting with the Arabs signing up. Absolutely signing up. They are on board. We're in. We'll go kill some Ottomans for you. The Arabs walked out of that meeting knowing they'd signed up to defeat some Ottomans, but they walked out of that meeting 100% thinking if we help them kill Ottomans and they win this war, we get our own place. Uh-oh. Oh, hang on. It gets worse. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. 
My Eden Pure Thunderstorm is the thing that finally got me off allergy medication. You know I don't like medication. I'm, I don't sit here and pretend to be the model of health, but I don't like medication. I don't like putting pills of any kind in my body. And I didn't like cycling through the 9,000 brands of pharmacy medication that will get rid of my runny nose, itchy eyes, so on and so forth. I hated it. It was terrible. And I tried a bunch of air purifiers. I've always had one. You know, the tall towers that make a bunch of noise and take up a bunch of floor space. And then people kept telling me, you've got to try the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You look, it's small. It plugs right into the outlet. It doesn't take up floor space. You don't, you don't ever have to replace the filter. You never have to replace the filter, which is always a pain anyway. And look, my allergies are gone now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the code word JESSE at checkout for 10 bucks off. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. You can find me on social media at Jesse Kelly DC on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm also on Locals. That's the one I can't be kicked off of. 877-377-4373. Let's get back to our story that I'm undoubtedly going to stretch into tomorrow now because it's even more complicated as we talk about the formation of Israel. We're now in World War I. Britain is making promises to everybody. Part of those promises are to the Arabs. Yes, of course. You rebel against the Ottomans. Go kill some Ottomans for us when we're done. We're going to, I mean, maybe give you your own place. Maybe it'll be our place. We can't really be sure. But whatever, just just fight with us. The Arabs do not take it that way. They take it very much as uh, this is our time again. And their leader, the leader of the Arabs, Hussein, he is... I mean, at least they say he is a descendant of Muhammad. The reason I say they say that is because I never trust anybody who says they're a descendant of somebody because everyone claims that when they're trying to claim the throne. That's just the normal thing people do when they're trying to claim power. But it actually gets more complicated than this. And stay with me here. Britain and France and whatnot, when they're trying to... When they're trying to make new friends and get new allies and get people involved, they're also trying to make sure they keep the people who are fighting with them in the war. They, they, they all had an agreement, Britain, France, and Russia, that no one would ever get out of the war individually. We're in this together. We'll get out together. But still, in the end, countries will look out for their own best interests. And France was close to breaking several times and threatened to pack up their stuff and leave. Uh, uh, you guys better attack them here now. We have no troops left. We're dying here. If you don't attack them here now, I'm packing up my stuff and I'm quitting the war. Okay, we'll help. We'll help. And Russia was in this situation too. Remember, this is the end of the, the czar's reign in Russia. They're about to have a Russian revolution in our story, which is going to come into play for our story and so Russia, they can't afford to fight this war. They're screwing everything up in the war. People are, yeah, people are going hungry back at home. We have bread lines. 
So Britain's desperately trying to keep Russia in the war, too. They start making promises to them. In fact, Britain and France start making promises to everyone. They offer Russia Constantinople, which is then obviously part of the the Ottoman Empire. And this is all done in secret. Hey, once we win the war, we're going to break up the Ottoman Empire. and We'll split it all up between us. And hey, Russia, you can have Constantinople. And Britain wanted Italy in the war because Italy was sitting it out. Not that Italy is going to provide much anyway, but that's another story. And Britain says, hey, 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 you want some parts of the Ottoman Empire too, right? Get in the war and we'll give you some of the choice parts. Come on, just come help us out. We need, we need some help here. Well, France is part of this too. France and Britain... They really are the two main players here. They sit down together and they take, honestly, most of the Ottoman world, Syria, Iraq, and whatnot, and they really just divide it up amongst themselves. They're like, hey, uh, hey, France, you can have Syria. Uh, we'll go down. We'll take Iraq. It wasn't really known as Iraq, but it's a long story. But, but we'll take Iraq and the oil and whatnot. Remember, the Arabs thought they were going to get all of Iraq. <laughs> and it, it's, it's getting complicated and it's getting a bit... Duplicitous? Is that fair? I don't want to come down too hard on the Brits. They're not going to look great throughout this process. But remember, desperation is what it is. Desperation causes us to do things we normally would not do. Britain was desperate, making every promise they can. Now, part of their plan is to leave Israel slash Palestine. It's not Israel at this time. It's just really Palestine. To leave it as an international zone. Well, the war seems to be going okay. The Arabs do gather up a force to their credit, just like they said they would. They rally the Arab world. They gather up a force. And they start beating the crap out of the Ottomans. The Arabs are a good fighting force. And they're fighting hard. And they're winning, and the Brits are very, very, very happy. Except something else is happening at this time. Lloyd George takes over in the UK. He's looking at Russia, and he's very, very concerned about this communist revolution. Why? Well, a lot of the leaders of the communist revolution were Jews. Lloyd George is thinking to himself, okay, if these commies take over, all right, the commies are taking over over there and their leaders are Jews, what can I do? What can I do for these Jews to keep Russia in the war? Whatever. I, I, I don't like communism, but take over commies. Just don't lose. Just don't leave the war. We need Russia to stay in. What do... What do these Jews want? What can I do for the Jews? Obviously, the guys in charge of that communist revolution are going to be loyal to Judaism, right? Uh-oh. Hang on. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. 
your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. It is the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show, and we are going to be world-famous by tomorrow morning. I'll tell you that much after all this talk. And the answer to your question, I know you're staring at the radio now and saying to yourself, there's no way he's wrapping this up. He has a long way to go. You can't even imagine how much longer I have to go here. To try to unpack this whole thing is going to be difficult. So we are doing the very, very, very rare thing, and we are hammering the pause button on the history portion of the show I will finish it tomorrow. There won't be a three-parter. You have my word. I will sit down here. We will talk about the the finishing touches on the formation of the modern Israeli state. We'll finish making everybody mad tomorrow. Now, 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. What's Joe Biden going after, really, with these guns? What? What are these senators talking about with infrastructure? They all have something in common. Have you figured out what it is? I'll tell you what it is in a second. Jesse Kelly returns next. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. 
Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders who die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty and homeless veterans. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs walks and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues the tunnel to towers 9-11 institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about america's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget more than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to tunnel to towers goes to its programs never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes donate 11 dollars a month to tunnel to towers at t2t.org that's t the number two t.org Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.